Hare Krishna everyone, we're continuing to read the Bhagavad Gita as it is, the book by His Divine Grace, Srila A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, Chapter 3, Karma Yoga. I did record the episode yesterday and then I failed to upload it and publish it yesterday. Today morning I realized. Okay, Hare Krishna. We are... Uh, continuing on text number four. Yeah. Nakarmanam anaramban neshkarmyam purushosnute nacha sanya sanadeva sidhim samadhi gachati. Not by merely abstaining from work can one achieve freedom from reaction. Nor by renunciation alone can one attain perfection. Purport The renounced order of life can be accepted when one has been purified by the discharge of the prescribed form of duties, which are laid down just to purify the hearts of materialistic men. Without purification, one cannot attain success by abruptly adopting the fourth order of life, sannyasa. According to the empirical philosophers, simply by adopting sannyasa or retiring from fruitive activities, one at once becomes as good as Narayana. But Lord Krishna does not approve this principle. He does not approve. Without purification of heart, sannyasa is simply a disturbance to the social order. On the other hand, if some, someone takes to the transcendental service of the Lord, even without discharging his prescribed duties, whatever he may be able to advance in the cause, is accepted by the Lord, Buddhi Yoga. Wow. Whatever he may be able to advance in this cause is accepted by the Lord. Svalpam apyasya dharmasya trayate mahato bhayat. Even a slight performance of such a principle enables one to overcome great difficulties text 5 nahi kashchit kshanam api jatu tishthatya karmakrit karyate hyavashah karma sarva prakriti jair gunaih everyone is forced to act helplessly according to the qualities he has acquired from the modes of material nature. Therefore, no one can refrain from doing something, not even for a moment. Purport It is not a question of embodied life, but it is the nature of the soul to always be active. Without the presence of the spirit soul, the material body cannot move. 
the body is only a dead vehicle to be worked by the spirit soul, which is always active and cannot stop even for a moment. As such, the spirit soul has to be engaged in the good work of Krishna consciousness, otherwise it will be engaged in occupations dictated by the illusory energy. In contact with material energy, the spirit soul acquires material modes and to purify the soul from such affinities, it is necessary to engage in the prescribed duties enjoined in the Shastras. But if the soul is engaged in his natural function of Krishna consciousness, whatever he is able to do is good for him. The Srimad Bhagavatam 1.5.17 affirms this. If someone takes to Krishna consciousness, even though he may not follow the prescribed duties in the Shastras or execute devotional service properly, and even though he may fall down from the standard, there is no loss or evil for him. But if he carries out all the injunctions for purification in the Shastras, what does it avail him if he is not Krishna conscious? Unquote. Oh, wow. Wow. This is very, very, very beautiful verse. It's one of those verses that I want to memorize. One second, let me mark it. Isn't this just... It's Krishna consciousness in... It's about having relationship with the Supreme Lord. And <laughs> Krishna is so kind that even if we are not following the prescribed duties of the Shastras or not even executing the devotional service properly, if we fall down, there's no loss or no evil for us. But if we turned our back away from Krishna and we're trying to advance in some purification in the Shastras, what does it really give us if we're not Krishna conscious? <laughs> we're still a limb trying to act away from the body. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Continuing. So, the purificatory process is necessary for reaching this point of Krishna consciousness. Therefore, sannyas or any purificatory process is to help reach the ultimate goal of becoming Krishna conscious, without which everything is considered a failure. Oh, can we define failure like that? 
please. Like in my mind also, let it be my belief and uh, let it um, substitute all other beliefs that I've had <laughs> so far about a failure. Hmm. Failure is when the ultimate goal of becoming Krishna conscious is not reached. But if we're going there and we're engaging everything to help us reach there, then it's not a failure, it's success. Text 6. Karmindriyani samyamya yaste manasasmaran Indriyarthan vimudhatma Mithya charaksa uchyate One who restrains the senses of action, but whose mind dwells on sense objects, certainly deludes himself and is called a pretender. Purport There are many pretenders who refuse to work in Krishna consciousness but make a show of meditation while actually dwelling within the mind upon sense enjoyment. Such pretenders may also speak on dry philosophy in order to bluff sophisticated followers. But according to this verse, there are these, according to this verse, these are the greatest cheaters. For sense enjoyment, one can act in any capacity of the social order. But if one follows the rules and regulations of his particular status, he can make gradual progress in purifying his existence. But he who makes a show of being a yogi while actually searching for the objects of the sense gratification must be called the greatest cheater even though he sometimes speaks of philosophy. His knowledge has no value because the effects of such a sinful man's knowledge are taken away by the illusory energy of the Lord. Such a pretender's mind is always impure and therefore his show of yogic meditation has no value whatsoever. This verse is just like now as I read this when, when I'm 26 uh, I see it in a very different light than before. Basically how I understood it right now is that Prabhupada says that if there is propensity for sense enjoyment do it within your social order. Follow the rules and regulations of your particular status and gradually purify yourself. But if your mind is contaminated by constant dwelling and meditating on sense objects and externally you're trying to preach high-end dry philosophy and, uh, and pose yourself as completely detached and this and that, your mind is constantly impure. And your knowledge has no value. 
In uh, eighth canto, when we will get to Srimad Bhagavatam, in eighth canto there is a story about Gajendra, the elephant uh, in heavenly planets who was attacked by a crocodile and um, he was saved by the Lord. In one of the verses there is this um, very important point Srila Prabhupada makes that we have to be in our own element, meaning if you're a creature of water, you have to be in the water because you'll be stronger there. If you're a creature of land, you have to be in the land. So similarly, there are people who are, they're creatures of, creatures, <laughs> they're people of Grihastha Ashram, they're people of family. They should be family people. They're attached, they have a propensity for some um, emotional attachment and everything, and they can engage all of this in Krishna consciousness, they can have these relationships in Krishna consciousness, but if you are a detached person, you, you, you want to be a brahmachari, meaning a celibate your whole life, and in, nobody can force you to go into family ashram, meaning to become a family man and to just like worry about your wife's saris and <laughs> how to, you know, like feed your kids and go to job instead while you would really want to just live in the temple and distribute books all day so everybody has their own strong point and you just need to find it and act from that and <clears throat> we've had many ups and downs in our society in the past decades where um Either people were not very honest about themselves or they were not very honest with their authorities and they would just do what they were told to do. And um, and in time, material nature would, would show what is what. So it's become, it's actually like Prabhupada says that if you act in that position, your knowledge has no value and because of the effects of a, such a sinful man, it's a sin. If you are not, uh, um, uh, how do you call it? If you're not acknowledging your mind, your needs, your position, you're leading, living a sinful life. While speaking very nicely from time to time, as Prabhupada says here, sometimes he speaks awesome. But the rest of the time, what are you doing? What's your mind is doing? What's going on in your mind? Wow. Okay, last verse for today. Text 7. Yes. Tvindriyani manasa niyam yaram bhaterjuna karmindriyai karma yogam asaktah savishushyate on the other hand, if a sincere person tries to control the active senses by the mind and begins karma yoga in Krishna consciousness without attachment, he is by far superior. Purport. Instead of becoming a pseudo-transcendentalist for the sake of wanton living and sense enjoyment, it is far better to remain in one's own business and execute the purpose of life, which is to get free, to get free from material bondage and enter into the kingdom of God. The prime svartha gati, or the goal of self-interest, is to reach 
Vishnu. The whole institution of Varna and Ashrama is designed to help us reach this goal of life. As householder, householder can also reach this destination by regulated service in Krishna consciousness. For self-realization, one can live a controlled life as prescribed in the Shastras and continue carrying out his business without attachment and in that way make progress. A sincere person who follows this method is far better situated than the false pretender who adopts show-bottle spiritualism to cheat the innocent public. A sincere sweeper in the street is far better than the charlatan meditator who meditates only for the sake of making a living. Okay, we're going to stop here because tomorrow there is a next section, meaning next topic comes about work. Jai. So, I can speak a lot about this, about pretenders. <laughs> Sometimes I find that in myself as well, but we're all work in progress. And uh, and I'm sorry for... Spe- I, I realize that I'm speaking a lot during reading Bhagavad Gita, not as much as I was when I re- was reading other books, but the thing is that Bhagavad Gita is such a deep scripture and I try to um, document all of the, in quotes, realizations or um, some, like... Um, reflections of mine in order to remember myself so that I would study this book deeper than the previous times I've read it and yeah so bear with me (laughs) we're going to stop here for today thank you so much for tuning in the link to this book is in the description please check out our website shravanamdiaries.com and we shall see you tomorrow and I will be going over time which is usually we're supposed to read for 10-15 minutes but because I've skipped a couple of days before I will be going over time Uh, for the next couple of days and I'll be doing that with pleasure (laughs) so Hare Krishna, see you tomorrow